Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness, March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. And on this edition of our show, we're unfortunately in a dive deep into what has been the story over the last week in college basketball, college athletics, the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, the United States, and beyond. Omicron has infiltrated the sports world, much like it has the entire country. Uh, as we are taping here on a Monday, three-fourths of the new cases in the United States, according to the CDC, are related to Omicron. And what does that mean? That means there are breakthrough cases across all of college athletics. I can't even name the amount of teams that are now on pause because there's so many. I think we're beyond 40. Majority of the players and coaches, from what I understand, from my conversations, Majority are vaccinated, not boosted. Now, of course, there are cases where people are getting the virus despite being boosted. But the key thing is they aren't sick or as sick, certainly not severely sick, not being hospitalized. So that's all good news. So my soapbox moment, of course, is to please get boosted, to limit that, to reduce the risk of even contracting it, even though it's not 100%. Nothing's 100%. We knew that going in, that vaccination was to reduce severe illness and death, not actually getting it, although it does reduce the risk of getting it. So we know that. So with that as the backdrop, we've had countless cancellations and postponements. One of those schools, Colorado State. Colorado State undefeated, off to a tremendous season with Nico Medved. You're going to hear from Nico Medved from his basement because he has COVID. And he, among others on their team, were vaccinated but not boosted. And so that's the reason for Colorado State's pause. It's unfortunate uh, because they were rolling. Hopefully they will get it back. You'll also hear from EJ Liddell from Ohio State who told me he's not sick, doesn't have COVID, was vaccinated, yet Ohio State is on pause and didn't get a chance to play Kentucky. Frustration. But once again, off to a great start. Hopefully that will continue once they come out of it. The hope here is that this massive surge, this tsunami, will result in most of the conference season being played uninterrupted from sometime in January on. You can debate whether or not they should shut down, should not shut down, but we're in a lull anyway uh, in college basketball because of the holidays. So I hate to say if there's ever a time, but this is probably the time of the season for it to happen, to give us time to reset before the heart of the season and then, of course, the NCAA tournament. The interesting thing, though, of course, is that there have been some forfeits as it relates to conference games. So games that aren't played, non-conference games, are not 
affected in terms of a forfeiture. They're just not being played. They're not counted in the net ranking. Ken Palm, you name it. They just, it just didn't happen. Conference games, every conference has this, where they put in a rule that if a game was canceled due to COVID and you could not reschedule it, then the team that was infected has to forfeit the game. Now, of course, this was put in pre-Omicron, of course, in a way to almost, uh, for lack of a better term, almost shame teams to make sure they got vaccinated because the, the thinking was, this is on you to take care of your business. And if you didn't, then you should be penalized. But that's not the case here. Things have changed. So these rules need to evolve. Does it matter for the selections? Not really, but where it can is in the standings. I mean, Seton Hall already is in a hole in the Big East because of forfeitures. Does that mean they're going to win the Big East? They may not. So they may not get that one seed, which could ultimately affect what happens in the Big East tournament, which could affect their seeding in the NCAA tournament. So there could be a cause and effect down the line. You know, Washington, UCLA, that was a forfeiture. Washington's not expected to challenge deeper, but could it affect them? Certainly it could. We'll have to wait and see if there's an effect. So I think conferences need to adjust this rule, much like everyone's had to adjust because of this latest surge. Um, things change with the virus. We didn't all know initially that we would need a booster. Now we do. So I think these are really interesting conversations. Someone who's got it, head coach of a top 25 team, how he's dealing with the isolation and with his team on a roll. And I think maybe the national player of the year. And so again, in Cat's ranks, we're going to list my top contenders here in the season for national player of the year. We've had a great season so far. Unbelievable games, excitement, packed crowds, which by the way, is not going anywhere. There's been no indication for the most part of eliminating crowds. So that's not changing. And we've got Baylor with a chance to win back-to-back. You know, Gonzaga, Duke, Purdue, all have the look of a potential champion. The unbelievable surprise teams of undefeated Arizona and Iowa State. Tommy Lloyd and TJ Otzelberger doing a phenomenal job. Minnesota was picked last in the Big Ten. Ben Johnson's got them with one loss as we're taping. Otzelberger's Iowa State Cyclones, they were picked last in the Big 12. ACC, it's Duke and hmm, I don't know who else. So we'll see what happens there. Wake Forest may be the second best team. In the Pac-12, obviously beyond the top three of adding USC in there, also undefeated, they're struggling. But there's a lot of top-heavy conferences this season. Obviously, the depth of the Big East has been great so far. And the Big Ten has a lot of good teams. One, I think, ultimately great team in Purdue. We'll see. Uh, so there's been a lot to enjoy and look at throughout the course of this season that I think that uh, I'm hopeful that we'll get on the other side of this sooner than later and really be back into the throes of the conference season and into the NCAA tournament. So first off, my interview with Nico Medved head coach of Colorado State. And now joining me here on March Madness, March Madness 365, Nico Medved, head coach of the Colorado State Rams, 10-0, but on pause. Uh, first off, Nico, how are you feeling? Because um, part of the reason is you did come down with COVID for the first time in the last two years. Yeah, I, I'm feeling better today, probably a lot better than I sound. If I have to take a drink, it's because of my voice, but yeah, I, I, I became symptomatic a few days ago. Uh, I'm vaccinated and whole deal, but that's that's kind of what had happened um, to me. And so I am feeling quite a bit uh, um, better today. But uh, but yeah, I uh, came down with COVID. So we're, we're 
taping this on a Sunday, how long were you symptomatic? It was very, very quickly. I mean, it was, uh, um, you know, late on Thursday night, you know, I could tell I woke up early that morning and, and, uh, um, you know, fever and, and the whole deal. And so I immediately, you know, wanted to go get tested. And, um, that's kind of where I came back, where I landed. So, um, so it's, it's been quick again. I, I feel like I've gotten better fairly, fairly quickly, but, uh, it all went downhill pretty fast. So you had your two shots, but you hadn't yet had your booster. Were you scheduled to? Uh, that was the plan. Um, you know, to, to probably do that after the holidays. That's something we had talked about. My, my, my wife has, has had both shots and the booster, um, something that I planned on doing quite frankly, I just hadn't, hadn't done it yet. And how is the rest of your team? You know, I think probably the biggest thing on their team is just the disappointment, right? Of every, uh, of, of where we're at right now. And, you know, really looking forward to these last couple of games and, you know, as well as the season's been going just the kind of, oh my gosh, here we go again. You know, I think as far as how they feel, I think the vast majority of them are feeling really, really well. We're obviously working through, you know, what's next for us as far as our team and um, tier one and all that. But I think the biggest thing, Andy, is just the the disappointment of us. Then you look at what's going on around college basketball right now, like, oh man, not, not again. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I want to spin here. And then I want to obviously get to how well your team was playing before all this. I mean, first of all, right now, how many, you don't have to name names, obviously, but um, how many people are we dealing with that are having to go through what you're going through? I think there's only maybe a few that are, that have, have symptoms. I think they're still working through some of the testing protocols, you know, as we speak um, to kind of figure out, you know, where we land on this and what's going to look like moving forward. Obviously, you know, we, we had to, to cancel these past couple of games. And I think there's several reasons, you know, behind that. The last thing too, we wanted to do was get some of these guys out on the road and become symptomatic and have to get stuck, you know, in some other city. I don't think we definitely wanted to deal with that. So I think, you know, what I can say is I think the, the vast majority of our guys are feeling well. People are feeling well right now. I think it's just dealing with, you know, kind of what's next as we work through the testing. So, yeah, there's PTSD, I think, for everyone, for those that are going through it, like yourself and your players around the country uh, in various sports and those of us that cover it and like, oh, God, you know, here we go again. And just the exhaustion, I think, from everyone around the country, whether you're professional students, you name it. The question, though, is how do we go forward? Now, we are in a weird way in the middle of a Christmas break. I know you had the, the Tulsa game and the Alabama game that won't happen. But for the most part, you know, outside of the next couple of days, things were shut down and we're going to for at least five days, you know, essentially with the holiday and then, uh, you know, college football bowl game. So a lot of people weren't playing, you know, in those first couple of days post Christmas. Um, but as a college basketball coach uh, with a team that certainly could make a great run in March and who knows how far into that and into April, who knows? Um, what What do you think the next step should be uh, as we try to collectively tackle this? You know, I think that's such a great question, Andy. And I mean, I, I, I think that clearly we kind of are where we are. You look around the country, it's college basketball, but you're looking at the NBA, the NHL, uh, um, the NFL. Um, everybody's kind of starting to deal with this now. And I think we've got, you know, a lot of questions we have to ask and answer. And you know, I'd, I'd even go a step further back. I mean, it just, it's really hard, I think, when we have this inability um, as a society to have a healthy discourse on any of these tough issues, right? I mean, you just look back on all the things we're dealing with from the election all the way on. And obviously, people are going to land in a lot of different places. But I, I, I feel like, boy, we need to come together and really start asking some questions and figure out, you know, where we want to go from here. Um, you know, my question would be, 
you know, clearly I, I think you're seeing that people who are vaccinated and even some who are boosted as well are still contracting COVID. Um, you know, a lot of them are asymptomatic. So what does that mean? Um, um, the vaccines are clearly helping us, but are they preventing us from contracting COVID? Um, will this look different next winter? Will it look different the winter after that? Will it look different in five years? Obviously, I don't have the answer to that, but I think we have to start asking those questions. And I think I just saw the NFL adopted, right, uh, um, the rule where they were going to basically just, um, you know, keep limit the testing to people who were symptomatic. And, you know, I know we're doing that in some form or fashion. Is that what we need to look at? Obviously, that's out of my pay grade. Um, but clearly, here we are again, and it's it's really unfortunate. And I don't feel like it has to be this way. Yeah, I mean, a couple things to that. And, and you could tell me if you feel comfortable what you guys are doing at this point. But the, my understanding is, if you are fully vaccinated, and that definition is a moving target, I mean, it seems like we're going to get to a point where fully vaccinated probably means three shots of Pfizer or Moderna. You know, if you are fully vaccinated and you are in close contact with someone who is positive and you are negative as a fully vaccinated individual, you know, it seems like we're going to get to a point where that individual, be it a player, coach, someone in society should be able to continue on in with whatever they were, they are doing. Where, where do you stand on that? If that person is not symptomatic and is fully vaccinated, whatever definition we come to agreement on that. I, I would, I would agree with you, Andy. I mean, that's me, that's you. I, I feel like that's kind of what, um, where we were headed. Um, and I think that, you know, hopefully that's a place that we can land again, you know, obviously those decisions are made, um, above me, but I, I, <laughs> I feel like we're, you know, all this is having the ability to adapt, right? To be adaptable and evolve as things start to change on the ground. And we have to be able to, to do that. And, and, um, you know, otherwise, you know, we're, we're going to lose a lot here. And so I just, I feel awful for, for everybody. This is terrible, but I feel awful for, for the guys, you know, that are, that are going through this and all the other schools. And, um, but I, Andy, I would agree with you. I, I, hopefully, I think that's the place that we need to land and hopefully that's where we do land. So just on the ground right now, for those of your players and staff who are fully vaccinated under the current definition, who are not symptomatic, uh, what is their status in terms of whether or not they would have to quarantine as we speak right now? Um, I, I think, again, that's to be determined here. I think we're working through that, you know, with uh, with public health and, and the officials here. Um, I can tell you that everybody in our tier one um, has been vaccinated. I mean, that's something that our guys were very committed to doing and everybody did that. Um, you know, not everybody has a has a booster uh, um, yet, but so everybody is vaccinated. I think where we land on that um, right now, uh, you know, is to be determined. And again, there's policies. Leagues have policies. Schools have policies. Uh, um, local health departments have policies. And I think when these things happen, obviously, that's the direction that you that you go. And so. Um, but I agree. I mean, those are questions that, you know, not just for us. I mean, you know, we, we are where we are. We're going to get through this and be fine. But I think just as a whole um, in college basketball and sports in general um, and, and society in general, you know, where, where are we going to land on this as information continues to change? But I'm just curious specifically um, right now. I mean, how many of the people that are in your tier one are having to do what you're doing, which is quarantine? I think, you know, we're waiting on some on some test results. And then, you know, if people come back positive, I think we figure out, you know, people who are vaccinated, asymptomatic, but are tested and become positive. My assumption is that they'll have to quarantine. What if they're negative? Uh, negative. I don't believe that they will. All right. Well, that's 
for lack of a better yeah. word, a positive. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and again, I just, you know, it is it, what it is. I, I, I hope as many guys as possible are able to go home for the holidays. We know how hard it was for, you know, our team and probably everyone in the country that, you know, didn't get to see their families for an entire year, weren't home for the holidays. And so I hope that most of these guys are going to have the ability to at least go do that. All right. So the team itself, I mean, a year ago, you know, there was that isolation, multiple teams had to go through with it. And, and it really did affect how teams were able to prepare throughout the course of the season and the postseason. Um, you know, we thought we were passes. We're not uh, to some degree. But what's your plan when you come out of this, hopefully in a week, um, and you'd be jumping back into your conference schedule. If the ske- if you're able to play that game at New Mexico on the 28th, that would be the first game you're, you're missing Tulsa and obviously Alabama. Um, what's your plan to sort of just jump right back in with a team that obviously was rolling at 10-0? and 0? That's a great question. I mean, unfortunately, we've all had experience doing this, right? You, you hate to say that, but we all, we all have. And I think, you know, it'll have been a long, long layoff for us. I think obviously, you know, getting some sense of conditioning back and timing and your probably practices will have to be structured a little bit different that way. Um, you know, probably get the guys doing a lot more five on five and live play when you can just to try to get a rhythm back and make it more about your team, obviously, than the next opponent that you're going to play. Everybody's probably going to be in a little bit different place. And ultimately, it's going to depend on when we're officially, you know, back. When, when are they? Are we going to experience a shutdown? Um, what's that going to look like? When's the date when we can all, you know, gather in place and then look at what's next, you know, as far as games and are there any other health, you know, protocols we have to go through and go from there. But it's unfortunate, but we've been through it before. I've got such a great group of guys and I'm sure there'll be a little bit of rust, but we'll figure it out. I know one thing, uh, none of our opponents will feel sorry for us. (laughs) Well, so, you know, to your point about the experience, um, you've got one of the more experienced teams in the country. Uh, You know, how much are you hoping that if if hypothetically, let's say you only have a day or two practice at most, you know, before you jump back into a game schedule after being essentially not playing for what, almost over two weeks, if I'm, my math is right. Um, how much would that help that this group experience wise, maybe not conditioning wise, but experience wise um, can pick right back up? Oh, I think it definitely helps. I don't think there's any question about that, that you've got you know, hopefully a deeper squad, um, a team that's been through it before. I think that helps you, you know, there's nothing like playing games to get yourself back into a rhythm and play, but you can only control the controllables, Andy. And that's, that's all we can do. I, I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're not the last team that's going to go through this. There's other ones that are right now. And I unfortunately don't feel like we've seen the last of it. Um, so that, that's what we'll do. You know, whatever they throw at us, we'll, we'll tackle it. I, I think we put ourselves in a great position our guys so far, everything that they've been able to control, they have and have done it in, in a just a fantastic way. And so the good news for our team is we're in a much better position than we were last year going into conference play. You know, we didn't even really get a non-league hardly at all last year. This year, we've had a challenging non-league and have, and have obviously had a lot of success. And so hopefully we put ourselves in a good position and, and we'll be ready to tackle what's next. I, I think what a lot of these leagues are going to have to figure out is are they going to stand by this forfeit policy? You know, I think that was created, obviously, to try to, you know, encourage people to get vaccinated and, and all that. Well, now that most of these teams have everybody vaccinated and they're doing everything they can, I think it becomes um, a little harsh to, to you know, you, you, you're forfeit a game that you really had no control over whatsoever. And so I think that a lot of these leagues are going to have to reexamine that policy as, as circumstances change. Yeah, that was my next thing. I mean, I've thought about that quite a bit lately, and and I think you're right. I mean, that's where I'm now on that side, that 
Omicron was not expected. You're right. Those right. policies were put in place to really almost shame those teams into getting vaccinated. And now because so many people who have been vaccinated with two shots are getting Omicron, uh, it's kind of hard to penalize them uh, when, when, when in reality, that forfeit is only part of the standings and ultimately the league seedings, but not a part of the net, the selections. It just sort of just didn't happen. Uh, so, it, you know, for the postseason, which matters the most, it's not going to matter. But in the standings, which literally could affect whether or not you win the league or you're the one seed or the two seed in your conference tournament, it does factor into it. Uh, you know, so that'll be an interesting scenario. Uh, you know, I, I, before I wrap, I just want to get to this team because you were playing well to the point where missing a Tulsa and an Alabama, as great opportunities as those could be for you, you put yourself in a great position where you don't need those games at 10-0 and and having good wins prior to this and road neutral and so on. Uh, David Roddy obviously has had a phenomenal all-league play of the year type year, but he's not alone. You've got 10 guys you've been playing in these 10 games, uh, really almost 11 for eight of the 10, if I'm not mistaken. So great balance. Uh, what has been, you know, what have been a couple of the highlights that you've seen so far with this group? I think, you know, for us, it started with just, just tremendous buy-in. You know, we had this group of guys come back. We obviously added some new faces that have really helped us. And, you know, there was no drama in the off season. These guys were all ready to go to work after a couple of weeks off and um, were really committed about what we wanted to do moving forward. And then they've really, you know, welcomed these new guys with open arms. And we've asked guys to, to take on some different roles, some lesser roles. And guys have been willing to sacrifice all that for the good of the team. And you never know how that's going to go. But we've got such a great group of guys. They're high character guys. They're about winning. Um, you know, and, and, and it, it is easier when you're winning, right, to, to, to create the buy-in. But they did that from day one. And so I think I think that's really um, where it started. And then, and then I think, you know, guys have taken the next step. You know, David Roddy, Isaiah Stevens, John Tanjay, Deshaun Thomas. I'm going to keep missing people. Kendall Moore. But those guys have all taken the next step with a tremendous offseason. They've seen it all. They're upperclassmen now. They played in the same system with this group of guys. And I think all those things are, are a huge factor. And then the disappointment of being one of the first teams left out in a game out of winning the Mountain West Championship last year, those things hurt. And we had a tremendous amount of confidence, but we also didn't get where we wanted to go. And all those things put together, Andy, I think has really led us to, to get off to the great start that we have. I mean, how much do you feel like once things settle back, hopefully, uh, that you've got a team that can make a run, you know, who knows, all the way to New Orleans? I don't know. I mean, just the, a team that it's going to be very difficult to punch out. I think, you know, I think, again, this group has a lot of confidence. And, you know, like, we told our guys, I mean, we're playing a lot of good teams and, and a lot of well-coached teams and it's college basketball. Just look around and any night um, you show up and you don't have your A game, you can get beat. And our, again, our guys understand that they have a healthy level of respect, but at the same point in time, I think they have a lot of belief that we're a good team, that we can compete with anybody. And I just, it's amazing um, as young people, how level-headed they are. And even though they're having success right now, I don't sense any, Oh, great. You know, we're ranked and we're 10 and 0. I think they just feel like everything they want's in, in front of them. And, um, but we do, we have a lot of confidence. We think we can compete, but so do a lot of teams, you know, and a lot of teams that we're going to play in our league feel the same way. And, and, and so, uh, um, it's such a competitive deal, but that's what makes it fun. And thank goodness for me, um, we've got such a competitive group of guys. So for people that to fully grasp and understand how this works, just to leave it at this. So, like, how do you know? 
that you're out of your quarantine and you're good to go? Like, well, what happens next for you personally? How do you get out of this situation? I think I think what starts to happen, you know, is administration and the health department and and the people here on campus start to determine once we get all the information in with the testing and everything, um, get all the all that together, and then we'll figure out, you know, a date, right? Like, where do we start? Where do we end? When can everybody start to come back? And to be honest, this has all happened so quickly. We're still working through that. Hopefully, we'll get that information as soon as possible here, um, and and be ready to move forward. And um, so, I, I think that's really the next step. And and uh, hopefully, it's sooner rather than later. Um, you know, I anticipate it probably won't be obviously till after the holidays. Um, what that looks like yet, we don't know. But man, the sooner the better. Hopefully, we can get these guys back quickly. And we've missed a lot of time here. You know, missing those two games and practices and. So it's going to be a little bit of a layoff, but I know these guys are chomping at the bit to get back out there, and I am too. So hopefully in the next day or two, we'll, we'll, we'll really have that stuff ironed out. But Nico, for you, when do you think you can go up those stairs that I can't tell if they're over your shoulder here or not, uh, and actually go upstairs and be free? I have, you know, I probably have through Christmas at least, you know, for me, that way where I'm, you know, not in uh, isolation, but I can tell you though, Andy, there's worse places than being isolated in Fort Collins, Colorado in my, in my house. That's for sure. It's such a great place. And, uh, I've got my TV back there. I've got my computer. I've got a, uh, amazing family, you know, who's, who's helping me out. And so, but I will say this, the one thing that has, you know, I'm feeling better, but man, walking up the stairs, um, every once in a while, man, that takes your, takes your breath away. So the, uh, the, the runs that I was doing every morning and the lifting, that's probably going to be a little ways away. Well, I wish you nothing but good health. I hope you're back sooner than later. Take care of yourself. And uh, I hope we're talking, you know, sooner uh, about this great team that you've put together. Yeah, hopefully the next discussion is about basketball. But um, Andy, I appreciate you. Andy Katz, that guy will rank his wife's dinners. He'll rank anything. All right, time for Katz Ranks here. March Madness, March Madness 365. My top 10 player of the year candidates. Here's we approach the Christmas holiday. Let's start. At number one, EJ Liddell from Ohio State. He's in the pole position for me right now. Number one in efficiency under Ken Palm, averaging 20 and seven, led Ohio State to that comeback win over Duke. At number two, Travion Williams from Purdue was coming off the bench up until the Butler game. Finally switched with Zach Eady. 22 and 12 in that comeback overtime win over NC State. He is playing phenomenal right now in the post for the Boilermakers. Number three, Johnny Davis staying in the Big Ten out of Wisconsin. Averaging 20 a game, had 30 in that win over Houston in Maui in the relocated Maui Invitational. Also in their loss to Ohio State, he had 24. Didn't play in their home loss to Providence because he was hurt. At number four, Oscar Shibway from Kentucky. Double-double machine, 16 and 14. Outstanding transfer from West Virginia for John Calipari. At number five, going to stay in the Big Ten again. So four of the first five right now coming out of the Big Ten in terms of individually and it's a lot of bigs. Johnny Davis, obviously a guard, but Kofi Coburn from Illinois missed the first three games because he was suspended. He has been outstanding for the Illini when he's been on the floor. Number six, Paolo Boncaro. Uh, biggest game of the season. Gonzaga in Vegas had cramps. He had 21. So outstanding player. He's got to be in there somewhere. Seven. Here's a little surprise from the preseason. Not to him and Arizona. Benedict Mathurin averaging 17 a game. He had 30 in a road win against Illinois. He's one of the main reasons that Arizona is undefeated. And number eight, Jaden Ivey. Maybe the most electric player in the country. 
Playing for Purdue, averaging 16 a game. He had 22 in that win over Butler and Indy, 22 in that comeback win against NC State. End to end, fastest player in the country. Number nine, David Roddy from Colorado State. They're undefeated. He's averaging 20 a game, had 19 in a win against Mississippi State. They're on pause right now, but Roddy's had a player of the year type season. Not going to get it, but he should be player of the year in Mountain West Conference. And number 10, Keegan Murray from Iowa. 35 in the win against Utah State, averaging 23 and 7. Did not play against Purdue because he had a bum ankle. So that's my top 10 at this moment in time for National Player of the Year. That's your Cats Ranks right there, 1 to 10. And now joining me here, March Madness, March Madness 365, EJ Liddell from The Ohio State University. And at this moment in time, my player in the pole position for National Player of the Year. Ken Palm agrees. You're the number one most efficient player. I want to talk about the season you've had to date in a moment. But first, Ohio State on pause, not able to play last weekend in Las Vegas. A game also canceled uh, this week. Uh, We're hoping that you guys will be back right after the holiday. Um, How's everything going right now during this, you know, pause after everything that you guys went through last year to have this come at you guys again? Yeah, this is the first time we experienced this. Honestly, last year we were healthy the whole entire year, so uh, this is kind of new to me. But uh, we're just listening to everything our trainers saying, all the doctors are saying, and we're just trying to get back on the court, and we're doing everything possible uh, that we can as a group. But uh, COVID is still a thing. I mean, it's still a serious issue, and I feel like as we need to take it serious, um, so everybody's vaccinated, but uh, we're going to keep working for it to get back on the court. Yeah, obviously there are breakthrough cases in all of society here in the United States uh, and and sports leagues are feeling it. Uh, I'm just curious, first off, though, that initial sort of shock that we're all feeling, a little PTSD from this, when you got word that suddenly you couldn't go to Vegas and play this game uh, against Kentucky. I was kind of hurt because I was going to be playing on my birthday and I was really looking forward to, towards that but, uh, and playing really good competition on a big stage. I love playing on big stages, playing against great teams, but uh, it kind of kind of hurt me, honestly. I really want to play, and I still want to play now. But uh, we just got to listen to the doctors and our trainer, and we'll be back soon. You know, the the second game obviously was canceled a year ago when teams went on pause, especially if anyone had to isolate, quarantine. There was an adjustment period. We saw even the, the national champs, Baylor, went through a little bit of a rocky period for a week or two, and then they got their feet under them and all that. Uh, how are you guys dealing with this sort of mini pause? Hopefully it's only a week, but how are you guys dealing with trying to make sure you don't lose your rhythm? Uh, we've been working out, uh, honestly, like individual workouts. Everybody's been apart from each other, uh, lifting groups, only like six people were like spaced out. But uh, as we're working forward uh, and getting everybody back healthy, we've just been still working as hard as we can, uh, strong hours and getting in the gym. You know, so this is to this point, you guys have been playing really well. I mean, when you think about it, uh, you know, you had the buzzer beater loss. Um, the Xavier game was a crazy atmosphere. That was early. You come back, you have a great game against Wisconsin. Things were rolling. Uh, how confident are you that once you get out of this pause, that you guys can pick up right where you left off? And, w- and what I know and you know I, is a very difficult Big Ten. Uh, yeah, uh, I feel like everybody's getting their rhythm. Like I said at the beginning of the year, uh, our road loss against Xavier, that was a pretty harsh environment. Um, our young guys actually first away game, honestly, road game. And uh, as we keep getting better and keep getting healthier, I feel uh, as we'll pick up the rhythm like right off, off the bat, honestly, uh, as guys keep gaining confidence. So I want to talk about you because, as I said, I think right now 
you are the national player of the year. It's a long season. A lot of different players could take that position. Uh, and it's not just because, you know, I obviously cover a lot of the Big Ten, as you know, but your efficiency has been off the charts and that's been documented. There's data to back it up. You got in great shape. We saw you media day. I've seen you in person and, and you look great. Um, this summer, what did you consciously do to say, you know what, I need to tweak my game. I need to be in better shape to make sure I can reach my potential here at Ohio State. Uh, I really just locked in on like nutrition and stuff. Uh, things I used to think that were healthy really weren't healthy. Like I go get a Subway sandwich and I think that was like everything I put on it was healthy because it was Subway, like eat fresh. But uh, just things as me improving and getting better and shape has just been nutrition and getting my sleep right. All those little things that really affect like a person's body and uh, mental state. So uh, I worked on everything I've been good at. Just got better in some areas, but uh, everything's been coming with nutrition and just getting my body right. How did you handle though, you know, on the on the court aspect? Because it just seems like overall your efficiency, whether you know, and you also have been, uh, you know, really intuitive of when to take certain shots. You know when. You know, it's it's right for you to step out other times when it's appropriate to be in. It just feels like everything is clicking for you in terms of where you need to be on the floor. Uh, I just play winning basketball, honestly. Uh, I don't force any shots. I don't really take bad shots. I've always been an unselfish player my whole career. And I just don't feel like uh, being selfish is going to help uh, anybody on the team get better and us win. But honestly just learning over the past three years, every year I've learned more and more. I took a lot of stuff I learned from last year into this year. And that's just helping with my game overall, just knowing where to be, watching tons of film and just playing my butt off every possession because every possession does matter. And your leadership clearly has been, I mean, 100% as well. And what I love is after we talked after the Duke game, you were quick to compliment Zed Key and his importance and Cedric Russell, who came out great late in that game. Uh, obviously, Michi Johnson's had his moments. And and when Kyle Young has been healthy, that's been critical for you guys. How did you get to a place where you could be unselfish? You could really encourage those others to know that it's the, the sum of all these parts that's going to allow Ohio State to get to its potential. Uh, my mindset my whole life is just to be unselfish, honestly. I, I affect winning. I like winning games. I hate losing. But uh, just watching guys uh, make big steps and gain confidence is awesome. Even the guys who come off the bench who don't play as much, they uh, play a big role in winning and whatnot. And those guys will have their big moments this year as well. But I just need everybody to stay confident, stay ready. That's why I keep uh, telling people because everybody's going to have their moments. Uh, everybody's going to have their down moments, but you just got to stay ready. So. That's why I've just been keep telling the guys. The comeback against Duke, um, how much has that set the tone for this season? Uh, that was a big game, honestly. I felt like that that brought a lot of uh, excitement to the team, excitement to fans, and I feel like people were really looking forward to watching us play. But uh, as we get our rhythm back, and hopefully we will be playing soon, uh, I feel like uh sky's the limit. And last year, we, we've talked about this as well, but just to sort of reset, that first-round loss uh, that you guys had ultimately to a team that you know went to the Sweet 16 and obviously went on a great run, how much has that been sort of you know front and center about uh, getting back to that moment and obviously getting beyond that? Uh, I'd be lying if I said I forgot about it, but I'm um, just trying to get back to that moment, get back to that same situation in the tournament. Uh, we were in a great spot, 
and I just feel like we need to capitalize and be healthy by the end of the year. So uh, as we work towards and me learning about last year, and playing my first NCAA tournament, I know what it takes. Well, it's certainly going to be a great Big Ten. You got a lot of work ahead of you, obviously, with everyone that you're going to have to deal with uh, in this conference. Uh, and uh, you know, obviously, that game is not going to be made up, but you might get another shot at teams like Kentucky in the NCAA tournament uh, going forward. I really appreciate your time, EJ. You're off to a great start. I think great things are going to happen for the rest of the season. I hope you and your teammates stay healthy, and we see you guys out very soon. Yes, I appreciate it. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz, as always. Appreciate you engaging, downloading, listening, everything. I want everyone to hopefully have a happy and safe holiday Whatever you celebrate, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We're going to talk to you after the new year in 2022, where hopefully things are a little bit better than they are here right before Christmas. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>